Well, if you're happy you're saved, can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. It's good to have a good church to go to and have folks say amen and praise the Lord. By the way, already something's happened. Somebody's throwing money at me. Seriously. I got two dimes. Right there they are. Throw them on the platform, laying right there on the wood. They're Pastor Lewis's now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's great to know the Lord. Amen. First John chapter three, verse eight. This morning, the nine o'clock hour, I preached a message called God is able. Our God is able. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the whole church needs to be saying amen to that because our God is able. He really is. Lots of stuff going on. The world's in a mess. Society is wicked. But the devil's bad. But God is so powerful. And God's got the answer and God's able. On this service, I want to speak to you about the works of the devil destroyed. I'm about sick and tired of the devil trying to win so many battles against young people, against married couples, against financial institutions, against our government. I'm telling you, against the virus. I'm sick and tired of it. The works of the devil destroyed. Follow me, please, as I read 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wow. We're going to talk about that this morning. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we do need your help. Lord, there may be somebody in this room today that's not saved, who's never trusted Christ. And we ask that you would touch them even now as we begin. Let the Holy Spirit begin to work on their heart and mind. And Lord, when the altar service is given, they'll come forward and trust the Lord Jesus. Father, then there's others of us who are saved and born again, but we're struggling. There's so many things we're facing. God, we know that you're able, but we know the devil's so strong. But Lord, you said the works of the devil will be destroyed. Help us understand that this morning. Give us a wonderful service, a wonderful altar service. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In this chapter, John makes a sharp contrast and a clear division of mankind into two classes. There are the children of God and the children of the devil. And he tells us how the two classes are manifested. Now, I want you to look at your Bible again in 1 John chapter 3. Verse 8, and I'll read 9 and 10 as well, because here's where the difference is. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. And that word commit there is the word we talk about practice sin. Those who are saved people do not continue to practice sin. Oh, how our churches need to preach. If you get saved, if you trust the Lord Jesus, you quit practicing your sin. That's what it says. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he's born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness, listen closely, is not of God. He that loveth not, neither he that loveth not his brother. Wow. And so we have two classes. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it is of utmost importance for a man to know whether he has been enlightened or does he still abide in darkness. In our generation, in our day, they have been smudged together so much that we don't know who really is saved and who isn't. And so some people say, well, (coughs) preacher, everybody's going to heaven. Not so. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's very important to understand this morning whether I abide in light or in darkness. Am I a slave of sin or am I the Lord's free man? Have I been saved or am I still lost? Have I been pardoned or am I still condemned? Everyone is under the wrath of God unless he has believed in the Lord Jesus. Now, there's only two seeds, either the seed of the woman or the seed of the serpent. Everyone is either one of those seeds. Now, go with me to 1 John chapter number 5, just a page over in your Bible, and look at verse number 12 with me, please. He that hath the Son, this is pretty simple, hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Do you see what those verses are saying? May I direct your attention, first of all, to verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And then it says, he that hath the Son hath life. You know, there's a day coming for everybody. Maybe some of you have already experienced it. When Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, knocked at your heart's door and asked for entrance. And you had the choice. Either you say, I will accept you as my personal Savior, or no, I don't want to have you as my personal Savior. I don't want to live the Christian life. I don't want to have all those rules and regulations over my life. And so, no, I don't want you in my life. Now, 
He comes and he knocks at your heart's door. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, uh, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Jesus Christ wants to come into your heart and life. Have you been enlightened or are you still in darkness? Have you accepted the Lord as your personal Savior? These things are very, very important. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. It's not complicated. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I have asked, I don't know how many people over my years of preaching, have you ever asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and life and to forgive you of the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ? Uh, No, I've never done that. I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. I, I don't run around. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't cuss. I don't swear. I'm sure I'm going to go to heaven. I said, that's not the issue. The issue is, have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and live in your life? Uh, I don't think so. Then you're not saved. You must come the way the Bible teaches us to come. And you've got to come the way Jesus says that you've got to come. And so when I come to the Lord Jesus and I recognize my sin, what's a sin that sends a man, woman, boy, or girl to hell? It's rejection of Jesus Christ. And so I must accept the Lord. And so when I accept the Lord, I become a child of God and the Holy Spirit begins to live inside of me. What a wonderful blessing. Man, I've been saved. I'm a child of God. And by the way, I don't have to be made to go to church now because I am saved. I want to go to church. I want to see what's happening. I want to sing some songs. Amen. I want to hear the preacher preach a little bit. Come on, preacher, preach it. Sing those songs, folks. We don't sit there. We don't sit there and say, "What in the world are they doing now?" <laughs> What's everybody getting all excited about? Because we are excited. Because being saved and born again is the greatest experience known to man. Now, come on, is that right or wrong? Yeah. Is it right or wrong? It's a great. It's better than anything else. It's better than winning a football game. But so many folks, wow, ah, ah, the football boy, boy, they get all excited. When you come to Jesus, we got to be real quiet. So pitiful. <laughs> Isn't it a shame? The greatest thing in life is being born again and knowing Jesus Christ. And so we have to ask ourselves, have I really been enlightened or am I still in darkness? Things have changed if I'm have been enlightened. First, let me say a little bit about the works of the devil. Let's read one more time. 1 John 3, 8. Just one more time. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You see, the devil is at work in you. Oh, if you could only see the slime of the serpent upon your sins and the smoke of hell upon your proud and boastful thoughts. Sin is connected, ladies and gentlemen, with the devil. Think about this. The Bible says about the devil, he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil would like to devour every single boy, girl, every single man, woman, every single person in this building. He would like to devour you and take you away from the great kingdom of God. You see, sin is so detestable. 
Sin is connected with the devil. It's the work of the devil. And sin distinguishes you from a godly man. He that is of God, the Bible teaches us this, if we are of God, we do the works of God. Have you ever thought about that? What are the works of God? Well, you live for God. You do the works of God. If you're a saved person, you do the works of God. You come to church. You sing songs. You worship God. You smile. You shake hands. You love everybody. That's the works of God. Amen? Uh, You're very God-like. And you have the power of God on your shoulders. The ungodly man's different. He lives for self. He seeks his own pleasure. He's against God. He's against truth. All that is true and good, he's against. You see, the ungodly man is so different. If you do not have a life of God in you, you cannot do the works of God. One of the reasons I have discovered, I pastored the same church, the Harvest Baptist Temple in Clyde, Ohio for 44 years. I retired just four years ago. And so I'm out preaching at different churches like I am here this morning. But in those 44 years, people said they got saved, but they never wanted to come to church. That's not salvation. When you become a godly person, you want to be at church. You want to sing songs. You want to magnify the Lord. You want to be around God's people. How in the world are you ever going to get to heaven and enjoy heaven if you don't want to be around church people? Church people are going to go to heaven. (laughs) Amen. And you're going to see us up there. We're going to say, hey, how you doing? I'm okay. (laughs) Not in heaven. You're not going to do that. Amen. You know that. That's not going to happen. Uh, Sin comes from the devil. He introduced it. It's the work of the devil. Sin is the work of sin. There are works such as actions like himself. For example, he exhibits his nature, the devil does. And then he does that through you. Rebellion, doubting, unbelief, atheism idolatry, blasphemy, pride, deceit. How about all those things like hypocrisy and and gossip? They are all from the bottomless pit. Now, let me tell you something. The carnal man cannot be spiritual by spontaneous generation. This new life must be involved in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you really get saved and you trust Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, which is what the Bible teaches us, he lives in us, we automatically become changed. Things begin to happen. There's a fellow in my church, for example, I won't tell you his name. He's a great guy, one of my best friends. And he used to be a rough dude, riding motorcycles and fighting and drinking and carousing. I mean, you know, but the day the man got saved, the day we led him to the Lord, the day he trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, everything about that man's life changed. Man, I mean, it's unbelievable. Everybody said, how in the world did you change so quick? So I got saved. He's a big old guy. You don't want to fuss with him. He'll knock you out, you know. But he's a big old guy. People say, how'd you, how'd you get like that so quick? I got saved, brother. 
Nobody wants to fuss with him, so okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the man stopped his drinking, listen, the very day he got saved. Listen, he stopped, his, he, he stopped all of his smoking the day he got saved. He stopped going to bars the day he got saved. He stopped fighting the day he got saved. He even sold his motorcycle. Big old Harley. Now, you don't have to sell your motorcycle if you get saved. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God changed his life. You don't even have to work at being changed. You know, all this stuff going on all the time in churches. Well, you got to work at this and work at that. No, just love the Lord Jesus. Let him change your life. Let him change you. Seriously, let him change you. You see, the works of the devil, they're fiery flying serpents, inflaming men's blood. Oh, how busy the devil has been. How he has toiled to set up a kingdom of hate in opposition to the empire of godly love. And we swallowed it. Look at Psalm with me, please, 111. Psalm 111 and verse number 2. Look at this verse, the works of the Lord. Now we're talking about the works of the devil and the works of the Lord. Look what it says, the works of the Lord are great. Sought out of them that have pleasure in them. Oh, do you have pleasure in the great works of God? That's what he's talking about. Delight yourself in the heavenly Father's works. Delight yourself. Don't delight yourself in the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil again, preacher? They are atheism, ignorance of God and his son, unbelief, indifference to God, doubting, idolatry, blasphemy, pride, deceit, formalism, hypocrisy, hate, envy, strife, on and on and on we could go. It's a thick darkness that covers our land. I call it the gloom, the covering of gloom. I've never been so impressed by the covering of gloom that's over America right now. The covering. It's like the pall of death. The pall of death means a covering of death and sorrow. That's what's hit America. We're not okay. Honestly, we're in a mess. And it's getting worse. I say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Boy, it wouldn't bother me a bit if the rapture took place right now while I was preaching. Wouldn't that be awesome? All of us, shoot. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Consider the purpose of God. That verse 8 is a powerful, powerful verse. Because he says, he that commits sin of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to, he might destroy the works of the devil. Ring out sweetly the good news. All the silver bells of heaven. All the silver bells of earth. The golden harps of heaven. God has purposed that the terrible works of the devil upon earth shall one day be destroyed. Now that word destroyed, mark that word. 
Didn't say limited, didn't say alleviated, didn't say neutralized, but it says destroyed. Who can loosen us from the devil's cast? He's put his cords around us. I said to the crowd this morning, that nine o'clock service, you know, the devil is so sly. He is so, so sneaky. And all he wants you to do is fool around a little bit in sin. He just wants you to fool a little bit. You know why? Because he's so smart, my brother. He wraps his tentacles around you very slowly, very slowly. And all of a sudden, the devil has you then in his grip. And you say to yourself, how in the world did I get here? And then then we say something like this, and we blame God. Why did God not do something? No, no, no. It wasn't God not doing something. It was you stopping doing what you were doing, playing with the devil. Playing with sin. Don't do that, church folks. Surrender to God. Enjoy God's life. Enjoy the songs. Enjoy the preaching. Enjoy everything about church. Someday we're going to go to heaven. What a joy that's going to be. Enjoy it. It's a great life. I've been preaching for uh, 56 years. I love it. And I love church. Tonight... If you can all come back, I'd love to see you come back. Don't let Satan stop you. That's what I'm preaching tonight. Our God is able, and then destroying the works of the devil, and then don't let the devil stop you. It's a divine work God has for us. It's a conquering work. The right hand of the Lord has dashed in pieces the enemy. The arch enemy is vanquished. His works are destroyed. The complete work. God will utterly destroy in the heart of a man. God will utterly destroy, if you allow him, all the sin. Even the tendency and the possibility of sin. It's a conclusive work. The Lord Jesus Christ will break the head of the old dragon. So that he can never wear the crown again. Christ has come not to fight a battle, but to win a victory, which will crush the evil power so he cannot molest the world any longer. Wow. The text tells us how that's going to be done. By the manifestation of the Son of God. You know, I believe with all of my heart it never entered into the devil's mind, not one moment, that God himself could offer himself to suffer and die and pay for sin. I don't think the devil ever thought about that plan. That was God's plan. His intellect could never conceive the matchless plan of atonement by one sacrifice. A propitiation by substitution. Jesus paying the price I don't think ever entered his mind. I think the incarnation blew the mind of Satan right away. The devil doesn't know everything like God does. Hey, listen everybody, God, God is the only omniscient one. Don't you say too much so the devil knows what you're thinking. Most of us get in trouble because we talk too much. The devil doesn't know everything about you. Now, God does. 
The devil doesn't. Don't let the devil know what you're thinking. But at the death of Christ, Jesus Christ crushed Satan. And Jesus Christ crushed and destroyed all the devil's works. Rising again. We're going to celebrate that next Sunday, aren't we? It's called Easter. But rising, the Lord's resurrection, rising again. Ascended to glory, like Jesus did, is the proof of the devil's defeat. That's why Easter Sunday ought to be everybody at church. Man, up from the grave, he arose like a mighty triumph on his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. And he lives forever with his saints to reign. Amen. Woo! He arose. Sing it. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. <laughs> Man, I get excited about that. Don't you? Folks, this is not a game. This is real life. <laughs> Ooh, boy, you feel the presence of God even now. I'm telling you, God wants to set somebody free in this church. Somebody's struggling with something. Feel it in my spirit. But don't you let the devil rob you from what you're getting right now. Let's make sure we get something done. You know, I think about this, and I'm sorry, I get a little excited, and I know it, but Every time I preach, and my brother, somebody gets saved, the devil is defeated. Every single time. Every time I can convince somebody that they need to come to an old-fashioned altar and take care of some business. Every time I've seen it work. I've seen the people get up after they've cried and wept and say, Preacher, I feel like God's done something to me. And the old devil just quakes. He got whipped one more time. Why in the world we ever sit back in our seats and let the devil win another battle? Let's not let him do that. This morning, somebody's struggling, and maybe more than one somebody, maybe 10, 12, 15, 20, but we're struggling with something. We need God, and we need some help. We have some, maybe unbelief a little or a little frustration but oh if we could just get to God you know why because when Jesus Christ arose the work is finished the devil is already defeated now you just need to come and make conscious decision I'm going to come and defeat him one more time teenagers moms and dads Whatever you're struggling with, Jesus Christ knows, and he's ready to deliver. The preaching of the gospel, you preach up Christ, you preach down the devil. Reforms are good, but the best reformer, 
is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Get people to Jesus. I love reform programs. We have that in our church. Reformers Unanimous. I love all that. But I've told them over and over again, fellas, the best reformers to get those men and women to Jesus Christ. He'll change their life. He'll change them. Enthroned, the Lord reigneth. The right hand of God, our blessed Lord, is manifested in the eternal power and glory. Has the Son of God, now I'm just about finished, has the Son of God been manifested to you to destroy the works of the devil in you? May I ask every teenager, every mom and dad, every boy and girl, those computers are not so good because they can get us into terrible situations and get us into terrible sin. Now, computers are good. It's like most everything that we create is not bad. But if we don't use it properly, it can be so bad. And I know my teenagers back in my church and all the churches I preach in have so much trouble with pornography on that computer. Mom and dad, men sitting in that church have so much trouble with that same situation. What in the world is God going to have to do to wake us up? Have the works of the devil been destroyed in your life? At first, we were all in enmity against God. Is that enmity destroyed completely in you? Has the love of God appeared to you that you are convinced? About the love of God? Self-righteous pride was a problem. Is it destroyed? Despair? If God's love comes in, despair is gone. Ladies and gentlemen, I know the virus situation has been a nasty thing. But that whole thing's got us so despaired. And Where's the faith at? I'm not trying to preach something I shouldn't preach. I just, I don't understand. Is God the God of heaven? Does he know everything? Why are we so afraid? God loves us. He has the best for us. You see, that fear, that pride, that, oh, no, that's all devil stuff. It's God that giveth the victory. It's God. Are those works of the devil destroyed? What's bothering you even now? What did the Holy Spirit bring to your attention and to your mind even when I started talking about this? Give it to God this morning. Let this whole place just be liberated by the Spirit of God. What about unbelief? Is it gone? Rebellion, is it gone? Hatefulness, fear, bitterness, is it gone? 
Jesus has come not to hide our sins and to keep them quiet, hidden away in a dark closet. No. Jesus has come to destroy every single sin. 